the sports staff of the Holland Sentinel. This is From the Press Box. With your hosts, Brian Vernellis, Dan Diadonna, and Chris Zatarazny. I am Brian Vernellis, Digital Director at the Sentinel. I'm joined by, to my right, Dan Diadonna, Sports Editor. And across from me, Chris Zatarazny, Assistant Sports Editor. Well, you guys, I know I've been super busy with spring sports wrapping up. Uh, it just seems like it never ends for you guys. Kind of how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Normal. Normal. So, obviously, we have a long... This is going to be like a pardon the interruption yeah. episode. We're just going to we're gonna fly right through these. Yeah. We came we, up with some topics to discuss. We can go with buy or sell later. <laughs> yep. Easily. <laughs> First up, uh, last night's All-Star Game. And I don't want to say I'm uh, symbolize or wrap up the national. But I didn't even watch the game. Yeah. Is that the pretty much? I know it's our national pastime, but do you think this game is just? I mean, I think a lot of people watch the game mostly. I mean, not mostly, but at least half because there's nothing else on. I mean, it was that's the only thing. Um, I still really enjoy the All Star Game. Honestly, my favorite part of the All Star Game is the player introductions <laughs> at the beginning. I think it's so cool to see. All the stars standing together, you know. They sometimes, the, like last last night, they interacted with Medal of Honor recipients, and sometimes they have, you know, old legends there. And like, I, I really enjoyed that part of it—the excitement building of all these stars together and what it symbolizes and everything like that. But man, lately the game is just—you've got a column about it. Yeah, I'll have a column. So I won't uh, in tomorrow's Sentinel. So I won't. Uh, I'll tease it. I won't yes. ruin it. Um, yeah. But basically, baseball today um, is threatened by the fact that games are too long and it's too much all or nothing. There's a lot of homers, a lot of strikeouts. And last night's game went to extra innings, went past midnight. There were 10 home runs and there were 25 strikeouts. So it kind of epitomized what's going on in baseball right now. What time did the game start? Eight? It started, yeah, like eight, eight fifteen. I mean, it wasn't too for a ten inning game. It honestly wasn't that long because most of the home runs were solo home runs. But I miss, um, like, some of the best All Star Game moments are not home runs. Most of them are not right. home runs. Uh, yeah. They're you know Pedro striking out six like future Hall of Famers in a row or. Dave Parker throwing two guys out at the plate uh, back when people used to challenge and run and there used to be plays on the bases and stuff during the All-Star game. I mean, and then I mean, who could forget Pete Rose running Thank over you. Ray Fossey? I mean, yeah. that's 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 legendary. Um, unfortunately, Fossey got hurt from that, but I mean, for the most part, those are the games, those are the things in the um, you know, in the in the All-Star game that that stick out. I mean, I remember when I was a kid in 89 Bo Jackson led off the All-Star game, the 89 All-Star game with a homer, and Wade Boggs was next up, and he hit one, and it was back-to-back homers, and everyone lost their mind because that wasn't something typical of the All-Star game. There weren't that many home runs, and definitely not back-to-back to lead off the game, uh, yeah. that, and that was very impressive, and plus everybody was all about Bo Jackson in 1989. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was such a huge deal. Um, but, I mean, I, th- I honestly think, you know, the All-Star game – and baseball in general have gotten a little duller because there's so much in it. The, the inaction uh, that is supposed to be about baseball is, gee, I wonder what's going to happen. How's the outfielder's arm? He's, this guy, is he going to challenge him? Where, where's this play going to be with all the wheels in motion on the bases and all that kind of stuff? But now it's like, well, is it going to be a home run or a strikeout or a walk? I'm not really sure. But like June and July, 40%, I think it was 40% of all 
uh, at bats are all what were home run were in action, home runs, strikeouts, or walks. Forty percent of the plays. That's so much. Nothing happening because a yeah. home run's exciting the second it goes. And maybe if it barely gets over the fence or something or is barely fair, but for the most part, you know when it's a home run right off the bat. Yeah. And then there's no, then they just trot around the bases. There's no running anymore in baseball. There's walks, strike. You walk back to the bench. You walk around the you trot, but whatever around, right. and you you walk back to the bench when you strike out. I mean that's that's the problem uh, that I'm seeing with baseball. And the All Star Game completely followed suit with that, which may in the long run be the best thing for baseball because since everybody saw that, maybe people. Other people that didn't realize it was a problem might think it's a problem. Uh, who knows? But, um, I mean, a ten, it's hard to complain about a 10-inning All-Star game that's really close. Yeah. Um, but I honestly didn't find it that compelling. I mean, maybe two swings of the bat were compelling. And for an All-Star game, for me, that's that's just I guess that's just yeah. not enough. Chris, did you I have, watch it? Or? I, I did not watch it. I don't have uh, cable at home right now. Uh I was able to follow along on Twitter, and uh, oddly enough, the the one stat that I find just so crazy is that of the ten home runs last night, only one was hit by a home run derby participant, and that was Alex Bregman, who didn't even advance after the first round of the home run derby. I don't know what that means, but it's just it's <laughs> it was like you had two home run derbies, and it was kind of kind of wacky. Uh, I saw the replay, and it was not something I'd really enjoy watching, just because I like good competitive baseball, right? Not like home runs and strikeouts every single time um so who knows where we'll go from here yeah. should, hopefully we get a few more games where there's more base running stealing uh actual competitive baseball yeah i, I think the thing that this could do that really, really i think would be i would be on board with is i hope a 10 home run all-star game the day after the home run derby does away with the home run derby i'm sick of the home run derby it's the same all the time. They try to tweak it a little bit, a little bit, but it's glorified batting practice. It was there was about a good ten year run where it was really compelling because I mean part of it was the steroid era at the end of it where you had McGuire and Sosa going after each other. But even before that, you had a year where um, you know where uh, Ken Griffey Jr. was in Camden Yards in the nineties with yeah. his backwards oh, yeah. hat and he was the first one to hit the warehouse and that was like a yeah. cool thing. And you had. You know, there was years like that with uh, Frank Thomas, like would go on a run and break some windows, and Cecil Fielder and the Toronto and the Sky Dome, and hitting that uh, hotel that's you know in center field, and and Albert Bell had you know some some big ones. I mean, like those were fun because they were still kind of new, and and they weren't all televised. You know what I mean? Like they finally started to be televised. Like they had started the home run derby in like the eight in the eighties. But like they weren't really televised until the '90s, so we had never, you know, you see little clips of it during the All Star Game, but you're like, man, I wanted to watch that, you know. But now it's kind of played out. They need something else. I wish they do a skills competition like the NHL does. Um, when the Midwest League All Star Game was at the Whitecaps a couple of years ago, they had a bunting contest because their fences are so far back for a Class A that they didn't want to have a home run derby where really no one hit any. So you, they put out targets and you bunted to it, and I thought it was really interesting, especially with prospects refining a skill you know um i think they could they could do that i want to see everybody do their best dave parker impression and throw from the outfield and try to get it into the trash can um you know behind home plate like you do in those yeah. fred mcgriff instructional videos <laughs> and uh, um you know uh this is the this is the instructional video that gets results <laughs> yes um, so 
like those kind of things. You know what I mean? Like speed, like stealing, not necessarily stealing bases, but like who's the fastest? Who's the fastest going from from home to home? lead off at first to second? Oh. Um, who's the fastest leading off from second, going from second to home? You know, um, like those kind of things. Uh, I think could be different enough to try. Whereas the batting practice thing with the home run derby is just. I mean, they tried to do a lot of different things, you know, adding different rounds, making it teams, doing this, doing that. Um, and, and just when I thought they were played out of ideas, then Robinson Cano had his dad pitch, and now a lot of people are doing that. And, yeah. like, it's just – which is a nice moment. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's just – it's not as compelling the same way. So Fair enough. Uh, off to – you've got on list. Yeah, we got a big Tigers, list today. Cubs, and Whitecaps. All right. Is that Cubs or Cards? I can't. No, it's it's the Cubs. Cubs I know Cubs. my chicken scratch is there. Yeah. Uh, Chris can start with the Tigers. Well, the Tigers are. <laughs> How do short, I put this it? Will be a short one. How do I put it nicely? They are in a rebuild. Um, they actually did pretty well to kind of start the season, and then they had the rally goose going on, and everyone like kind of loved that, and that kind of grew dull. And they lost like nineteen of twenty three after that. And yeah, it was like, cooked. Now. It was like. A roller coaster. They went up and then they went way down, and so now they're kind of just down. Um, Cabrera's out for the year. You know, there's there's no real draw there at the Tigers right now. Uh, the only thing that's that's compelling is who are they going to trade and what are they going to get back by the trade deadline at the end of this month. I think it is August first, July thirty first. July thirty first. Who, who can they trade though? Well, on the block right now, I've heard uh, Nick Castellanos uh, could be traded. Michael Fulmer, uh, Matt Boyd, all all options to get traded. Uh, because the Tigers are at least three years or, or more away from competing for at least an right. AL Central title. Um, all, their, all their great prospects are pitchers. Uh, they're in AAA, AA, single A. Um, it's just uh, it's a process. So and, they're going to tear down right down the foundation. Yeah, and, and, and that's what they did last year. I mean, they've mostly done that with the position players now. Yeah. You know, I mean, right. look at the lineup. I mean, Castellanos and... Victor Martinez are the only like veterans yeah. in the whole yeah. lineup. And I Victor mean, and next year. Uh, yeah. You know, hopefully, his his time is pretty much done. Uh, he yeah. doesn't have any power left. He has no speed. Uh, Castellanos, I think, is a good, a good clubhouse guy. Everyone seems to love him. He's a fan favorite. He's kind of stuck through it, but uh, if they can get some prospects for him, they might they might deal him. So I'd hate to see that, to be honest. The uh, the top five prospects right now are all pitchers for the Tigers, including their f- first overall pick in the draft this uh, past draft, Casey Mees. Um, and you should see a lot of good pitchers. I mean, your starting five could be really yeah. good unless they want to deal one of the two for some other infielders or outfielders, but that, that pitching is going to be really good in a couple of years. I was going to say, let me ask you this. Are you uh, happy with the rebuilding process they're going through right now? I'd say, yeah. It's it's so far so good. It, it was really weird. On Sunday, I was driving home from Cleveland, watched the Indians and Yankees, two teams that uh, knew how to rebuild and kind of build up a team, the Yankees especially with Aaron Judge, and, and uh, that team over there is really good. But we were listening to the Tigers face Justin Verlander at the Houston Astros, and it was it was kind of surreal because I, I've grown up knowing Justin Verlander as a Tiger my whole life, and they teed off four home runs on him, and it was it it was a weird feeling because <laughs> you you want to see the Tigers do well, but you're like, wow, Verlander was such a class act in Detroit. He was a fan favorite, a future Hall of Famer, icon, MVP, Cyan War winner. And he got teed off for four home runs from his former team. All guys that are kind of you know, these minor league guys that are teeing off on him. It wasn't even like Castellanos or Martinez or right. guys that he knew really well. It was all these these four guys that just really didn't play a whole lot with him. Yeah, it wasn't like all four were by JD like a couple years ago. Yeah. Or it was really weird, but it was it was 
I guess it was kind of helping to help get fans moving on. You know that he's he's on another team. You still cheer for him. You still root for him, as, as most fans will probably say. But you got to focus on the rebuild, and, and I think they're doing a good job of that, um, especially down here in, in the Whitecaps. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. But um, Whitecaps, Erie Seawolves, Lakeland uh, Flying Tigers, and the Toledo Mudhens all are doing really well right now. Their prospects are growing. Uh, guys are moving up. It, it won't be too long before you see some of those guys in Detroit. Yeah, but cool. I mean, worst case scenario, no one expected anything from the Tigers this year, and they're proving that they're really giving all the young kids a ton of experience, yeah. and that's that's going to be very beneficial going forward. But it's just, yeah, it's hard watching a rebuild because, uh, I mean, I felt for a lot of years like the All Star Game is my chance to see all the good players the Tigers used to have, uh, like Max well, Scherzer starting year. or yeah. Eugenio Suarez playing third base for the Reds or. Um, pitching. Yeah, I mean, it's happened. It happens. <laughs> JD batting. Yeah, JD. Jeez, I mean, it happens year after year that that, that seems to be the, what happens. But um, there's only one way to get experience, and that's to get experience yeah. to play. So I think that's uh, going to be beneficial for them. Um, but yeah, they're going to have to figure out what to do uh, with those kind of in between guys like Iglesias and Castellanos and and Fulmer uh, because they're. Uh, they're not doing. I mean, Castellanos is the only one too that you can like cash in at peak. Like Fulmer's having an awful year for him, yep. and uh, you know the other guys are they are what they are. I mean, the only person, God, I hope that's untouchable is Joe Jimenez. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you never know. I mean, they haven't had a closer for twenty years, and they've been grooming him as the closer. And if you get rid of him, then what are you saying to people? Oh, but oh, we're going to finally have a closer, but now we're going to trade him. I don't really understand. So um, it'll definitely be interesting. Okay. On the flip side, you have the Cubs. Boy, the Cubs, man, they just do this. <laughs> they just do this thing. They did it last year too. Everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, Milwaukee's in first place. This yeah. is crazy. Can they sustain it?" Yeah. And it was at the All Star break last year. Milwaukee was in first place, and then the the week after the All Star break, the Cubs won like seven of eight, and then and then they just chose to do it the week before the All Star yeah. break this yeah. time. Like yeah. I remember talking six in a row. with a friend of mine um, who happens to be a Brewers fan. Um, you know, a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about how I was like, I told her, I was like, you know, the Brewers are only in first place until the Cubs figure out what team they're going to be, and she's like, I know, <laughs> like, and because it happened last year, it's it's already happening again. The Brewers, like, you know, had this big losing streak. They're not coming back from this. I mean, like, the Cubs are like two games ahead, and it could, you know, it could be close and everything yeah. like that. But that I feel like even psychologically. The same thing happening every year is going to do it. And the Cubs are in first place. They are not, by any means, playing particularly well consistently. Consistently, yeah. I mean, they're for what they have on their roster, they're they're still waiting to have that time bomb of a everybody being locked in and them winning like fourteen to sixteen and just running away with it. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But they have yeah. everything. It's the most surprising thing to me about the Cubs, though, is they're they're they've been so good. The last few years, they've had a different closer every year. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't understand that at all. Like I'm so surprised that they didn't keep Wade Davis last year, or that he didn't, you know, he didn't decide to stay. It's just it was just a weird weird dynamic. So now they got another closer. Um, but they're I mean they have all the the tools. I mean they're Rizzo and Bryant aren't having great years, but they're fine. You know they're doing okay. They're waiting to to you know peak at the right time. I mean Javi Baez is Javi Baez. I mean he's 
he's energetic and giving them what they want. Their catcher Contreras is an all-star. I mean, their outfielders are doing well. I mean, if you put it all, lock it into place a little bit, and if they make maybe one move for a fifth starter, I mean, they're gold. I mean, they still yeah. got a good bullpen. Um, they got the best manager in the game, that's for sure. So um, I don't I don't see it. I mean, I see them winning the division again. I mean, I don't see yeah. I don't see anybody beating them unless they beat themselves at this point now, which has happened before. Yes. We've seen it. We've yeah. seen it happen many a time. Uh, but I don't think this group is letting that happen to themselves. At least, especially a until team the postseason, like led by Rizzo and Bryant. Oh yeah. Think, yeah, they're they're level headed. They're um, they understand how big of a deal it is. I mean, like a lot of young players, if they're on a team that wins the World Series, they don't fully grasp how rare it is until they don't go for the next 18 years yeah. but like the cubs they get it i mean their city has suffered with them for a long time so uh, do we want to talk white caps next or about your fun day chris <laughs> I mean, we can jump to the white caps real quick Briefly. i mean they're 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 having the same issues they're not playing super consistently they can't hit that well um but they got i mean they got roger clemens kid now cody clemens um, playing second base uh he's a great fielder he's a good hitter um, it's going to be exciting to see what kind of future he can have there. But then the same, you just go to watch the starters, man. I mean, they're yeah. every night, and this has been for ten years, seemingly like they're at least their top three starters. You look at them and go, well, they're going to be in the major leagues. I mean, it's happened. Wait, I mean, even if it's just a few September call ups, but you think about all the guys who started here over the years. I mean, Buck Farmer was one of them. He had a great year here. He's not been great in Detroit, but. Um, you know, he did that, uh, already you know, wiki. Um, but you had a run where you had like Jair Jurgens who made an all-star team. Of course that was for Atlanta, but you know, he was, he was here. Um, Jacob Turner was here. Uh, there's been so many great pitchers and I'm going way back like to the 2006 Tigers that won the pennant. You had like Virgil Vasquez and Jordan Tata and guys like that. They were pitching here. I mean, the Nickerson, Right, Jonah Nickerson. I mean, he ended up on another team too. I mean, but like, there's and now you got uh, Funkhauser from last year. He's in AAA right now, Toledo. Yeah, He's I mean, the year with the Whitecaps. Right, they're all gonna be. Um, I mean, these are all guys. I mean, every time you look, they're like, "Wow, this guy's got some stuff." He puts it together, gains some control, and goes. And they just have this um, this pitching machine going here for them, and it just was working. Um, they just need, they just need to hit the ball a little bit yeah, more yeah. consistency, uh, is but it's still that. worth. I mean, it's still worth definitely worth going out and watching because the odds are the starting pitcher that you see is going to be in the major yeah. leagues at some point. Just the way they the yeah. way things have been. So, yep. And Chris, I know you've been busting at the seams to talk about your big day. <laughs> it was a good day. Skating it was with the Red Wing. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It was brief. Um, it was. So, uh, yeah, was how nice. was it? Well, uh, to recap, we have the Great Lakes Hockey Camp here in Holland, Michigan at Griff's Ice House West, and it's run by a former AHLer in Griffin, uh, Jared Nightingale. He's uh, from Sheboygan. Uh, he played for the Toledo Walleye and, and also uh, played with Wachowski in, in Syracuse. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Wachowski's from Holland, so he, they asked him to come uh, guest coach the camp for a couple of days, and he was here for three days and uh, teaching some of these kids that are ranging from, I think, six or seven years old all the way up to, like, 14 or 15 um, just tips and tricks, whatever they they can he can give them. Um, it's good to see the the game growing. Um, I talked to Jared last yesterday. 
uh, on Tuesday about his his camp and what they've done and they've grown. They doubled their size in Syracuse and Chicago. Uh, this is their third year, um, so they had seventy kids in Syracuse uh, this year compared to thirty five last year. So it's growing. It's it's a good thing uh, to see that happening, and, and obviously. Uh, Luke coming back out here and, and coaching those kids was uh, good for him and good for the hockey community. I got to go out there today and uh, skate around, take some photos of the camp, and even did a drill. Uh, so that uh, that video is on uh, YouTube right now on our Holland Sentinel uh, YouTube <laughs> on our channel. Account. Yep. So go check that out. Watch me do a crazy drill and and you've got a story for tomorrow about it. Yep. Cool. Talk to some of the kids and, and what their experience was like uh, in this camp, and, and everyone was kind of in awe of Luke and and being there and. Uh, one girl. One girl said she was uh, wanted everything to be signed by him. <laughs> it's, he's her favorite player, so that's uh, that, that was a, kind of a yeah. She set down six or seven things, right? Yeah, I mean, a, a hero moment for her, which was, right. which was really cool. cool to see uh, in the community. And I know Luke really appreciates that uh, he can come out and help and teach kids in, in the same place that he grew up playing. And his he wasn't the only local celebrity pro sports athlete no he was not so we had another one yeah uh, week, all in right? one week right two weeks yeah. Kirk cousins was here for his annual camp and that's become like a monster thing hundreds of kids um it's so great to see these guys doing this kind of stuff and it's there's just something about it. i mean i've i've seen other camps around the state i mean i went to some when i was a kid um with former college basketball stars or football stars or whatever and it was just there was a little bit of a distance there. The guys from here, and it's not just here. It's, I mean, not just now. It's kind of always been that way, dating back to like Jim Cott. Uh, he still comes around, you know, and uh, the Little League fields in Zealand are named after him. Jay Reamers was still around. Um, th- and now Kirk Cousins and Luke Wachowski are current. Th- there's no uh, boundary. Like, there's no, like, Kirk Cousins has 200 kids. However many media people like says, which is funny because last year I was the only one. I think I was the only one there. Um, all this year with Minnesota being new, all the Minnesota beat writers came really to his camp. Yeah, and uh, um, I mean sometimes there's a couple uh, Grand Rapids TV stations that, that uh, that's come at what some I point. thought you were talking about. But like, I didn't realize. Yeah. No, like there at least three beat writers from Minnesota came to his camp, and because they had don't this is new. This is all new to them now because he's now with the Vikings. So they were all. They've never done the backstory on where he's from and how much he gives back and is around and whatever. But there's. No, they were so surprised that there was no security or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like there's 200 kids and everyone knows when the camp is and he does it every year. So like anybody and their mom could just kind of walk up and bother Kirk. No one really does, you know. But like he's just. They're just themselves in their hometown, which is like refreshing that they do that but also reversely freshening that our town allows them to do that because they can only do that because people aren't bothering the heck out of them right um and they can have real conversations and it's i'm not saying that they you know that people like don't go up and say hello or whatever like that i think they want people to come up and say hello but it's not like a uh it's not a circus I guess. right yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. From other i mean kirk, kirk said he and his his wife love just still walking down 8th street um and obviously they're still able to do that you know like um so just to have them keep having that impact on local kids now and kind of keeping that going is 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 pretty cool because i remember you know being a kid and i'm sure you do chris and and brian too like you're you have people that you look up to that are from your town whether you're uh playing the same sport that they are or not um 
or in my case, it was a lot of times it was University of Michigan because guys I. I consider that from you know my town because I was growing up Michigan. I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan's there, um, so I didn't really realize that at a young age that they they don't all live here, <laughs> like you know. But to see that, like I know what that was like for the kid, for to because I was a kid in that situation, and to to see how easy that is for everybody to come back and just be themselves is uh, is pretty awesome. Cool. Uh, we're running out of time, so I know you've got three more on your list here. Quick hit. Quick hits. You want to combine World Cup and uh, Grand Rapids FC? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Grand Rapids FC uh, women, are they won the division title, the Midwest, Midwest region Midwest title. Final, yeah. Again, second year in a row. Now they're going to the national semifinals, which is here at Granville oh, again okay. for the second year in a row. Yeah. Semifinals Saturday, finals Sunday, um, should they make it? I mean, the finals yeah. will still be Sunday if they're in it or not. Seven thirty um, semifinal on Saturday and six thirty final on Sunday. Yep, yeah. and they have okay. uh, one Holland kid, Sadie Mashevitz, is on their team, and there are several Grand Valley uh, alum, especially Marty Corby and Claire Carlson, who were um, all multi All Americans and were on three national championship teams at Grand Valley State. Wow. So uh, Marty Corby being the player of the year national player of the year multiple times so okay. talented group um, so that's that's uh the big you know local thing still going on this week um but yeah otherwise i mean you know my french aunt my aunt's from france i know yeah. she's loving the world cup win yeah uh what did you guys think I, the final i thought i thought croatia had it there for a second right <laughs> then, thought so too yeah. yeah and you're like oh and because uh, that would be just a total uh, you know, second smallest country yeah. they would have been. Right, that would have been a huge upset. Yeah, uh, but six goals in the final. Six, exactly, man, that hasn't yeah. happened since I think yeah. the fifties. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, it was a it was a good tournament. Lots of upsets. Uh, lots Great of games. teams had chance. Great games. Even the you know games. Yeah. Yeah, one goal games. Things that you know a lot of one goal games. So you could really get into it and like, all right, this something's going to happen. And something big is going to happen. Uh, it's, it was really exciting for the fans. I would say for sure. Yeah, it was exciting. I mean. For the U.S. not being in it, and for and for me, Italy not being in it, which is more of a shock. That was about as good of an yeah. objective tournament as you could see. I mean, that the games were great and uh, the players were great, and it was exciting. Yeah, yeah. good tournament. Hoping for a better uh, turnout next time. For sure, in the U.S. U.S. team. Well, they got uh, next year. It's in Qatar, That's where it'll right. be 120 degrees. They should play in, in the, the shade. The they should play in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, they might. I, I don't. They, know. You're right. Uh, on to Wimbledon. Yeah, Wimbledon. I'll just close up Sunday. Yeah, it's just really, really interesting Wimbledon. Um, so on the women's side, the top ten seeds all lost before the quarterfinals. So they were all done in the first week. It's never happened before. Of course, Serena was seated twenty fifth because she's just getting back. She hasn't played very much, you know, since having her baby. Um, and the other woman in the final, Angelique Kerber, was number eleven, and she's a three time major champion. So, but still, top ten go down yeah. in flames real, real quick. And you just think thought it was Serena's gift wrapped, you know, whatever. And Kerber ended up beating her, um, but it was a victory for everybody because Kerber kind of proved herself. She had never won Wimbledon before. She'd won, she's won three of the four majors now, um, and Serena just you know has a less than one year old child yeah. and is back to a final uh which was really really uh cool to see inspirational crazy lots of words to describe it so i thought to me kerber and serena both won in a way i mean that was really really cool to see i've never seen anybody come back that fast after having a baby and get to that kind of level 
Um, then on the men's side, I've never seen so many epic matches in a row. Um, like uh, Djokovic ended up winning. It was a five. No, the final was, you know, because they had all the semifinals were so nuts. Anderson had um, outlasted Isner in a five set crazy semifinal, the second longest match ever from that Isner six three hours. day match. Yeah, it was six hours and some. Um, then uh, Djokovic had beaten Nadal in five sets that lasted two days because the Isner match was so long. They had to do that. And then before that, the best match I saw as far as point-to-point, you know, I mean, some of those longer matches are like, you know, Isner would hit like three uh, aces in a row, then Anderson mm. would hit three aces in a row. Yeah. But um, the quarterfinal between Nadal and Del Potro, two major champions, went five sets. And there were some, there were at least three games in the fifth set that were almost 10 minutes long, three games. And that it was just epic. They're diving all over the place and... Um, you know Del Potro the on match point he slipped at the baseline trying to change directions yeah. fell down yeah. and i mean he wouldn't have got it anyway but he's lying face down on you know on the grass and the game, the match is over and Nadal jumps over the net runs over to him and as he's getting up gives him the biggest bear hug and they just have this awesome moment and that is something that men's tennis has had because there's so many similar champions Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, Del Potro, Andy Murray specifically they've won the five of them have won 97% of the majors like the past decade they have this camaraderie they respect each other they actually like each other that's not the same on the women's side everybody respects Serena but everybody's it's it's a little there's a little more friction there and I mean growing up McEnroe and Connors and Borg and Becker and everything. they all hated each other. So it, it's really cool to see that from the guys that they can sustain this and they can share a moment like that after beating the heck out of each other for five hours. So it, it was a really exciting. And Djokovic won uh, the men's side, hits his 12th major title. Three of the four top major champions of all time are current and have won between them the last six or seven majors now too remember when nadal and federer were finished two years ago and they won <laughs> what six majors in yeah. a row until djokovic won this one so it's uh it's just crazy they got i'm i'm really excited to see what they all have left in the tank the next couple of years it's gonna be fun chris any final thoughts um not really no <laughs> <laughs> don't wear a pacers shirt to a hockey thing or luke wakowski will give you a hard time Uh, the Ottawa County Fair is actually next week, so we'll be getting some stories from that uh, as well. And then uh, it's the last week of July, and then August rolls around. And we got British Open coming up this week. Get, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Before we know it, high school sports will be here. So, high school football six Practice weeks. Practice starts on the sixth of August. No, only a couple two, weeks to play. Really? I thought it was mid-August. Mm-mm. Wow, it's a, year, a week earlier this this year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. On behalf of Dandy Adana and Chris Zedarosny, I'm Brian Vernellis. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time.